This week, we're talking with Miles Morgan, David Thompson, and Ryan Dyer, and you're listening to the Landscape Photography Podcast. Hey, everyone, this is Nick Page. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I'm excited about this episode because I wrangled up three of my favorite photographers to have them on the same episode, Miles Morgan, David Thompson, and Ryan Dyer. We've had Ryan on the show before, but David and Miles we have not had on the show before. These three guys are incredibly close friends. They shoot together all the time, and I thought it was really interesting how a group of buddies can all develop into such amazing photographers. David Thompson is based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. He's an amazing photographer. He's really well known for his Death Valley and Everglades photos. Miles Morgan is based out of Portland, Oregon, and he's known for his Pacific Northwest material, but he also has a really strong portfolio of lava photos that he's taken over in Hawaii, and his work and post-processing is amazing. And of course, the great Ryan Dyer, everybody knows Ryan. Uh, his style is very surreal and just epic and beautiful. And I thought it would be really cool to have these three guys on and kind of give each other a hard time because it's so funny when you get a group of buddies together. It always ends up humorous. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to let you know of a couple things. There's a couple spots that have come available on my Iceland tours. And I also have a couple spots left on one of my Palouse tours. So my Palouse tours are probably three quarters of the way sold out, as is Iceland. So if you're interested in either one of those workshops, go over to nickpagephotography.com. That's where you're always going to find my tutorials and my workshops. All right, with that, let's jump into the conversation I had with Miles Morgan, David Thompson, and Ryan Dyer. So I'm lucky enough to be sitting down with three of my favorite photographers. This is really cool. Thank you guys for coming on. We have David Thompson, Miles Morgan, and Ryan Dyer. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Nick. Yeah, hey, thank you. I've got, I'm so excited. I've got so much cologne on right now. My eyes are swollen shut. <laughs> Why did I get last billing? <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had Ryan on before. Yeah. You're the headliner. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> So I've met, I've met David once. We met down in Death Valley. I met Ryan. You've been on the show a couple times before. Miles, you're, you're the new guy to me, even though I feel like I know you because your Instagram stories are like the descriptions in your photos are officially my favorite part of the day because they are absolutely hilarious. Anybody that does not follow you needs to go follow you. I love your stories. Oh, it's very kind. It takes me about a year for each one so that I post about once a year. <laughs> nice, nice. One of the cool parts of you three guys is that you're all buddies and you've all been shooting together for a really long time. And it's cool to see not only three photography buddies that are first of all, so as good as you three, like you guys are some kind of like super group of photography friends. You guys are like the, what the traveling Wilburys? <laughs> is, that, is that is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't know, but it kind of brings me to this idea of like it's awesome to have a group of friends that keep you going out and shooting. 
and kind of hold you responsible. How did you guys all meet? Shoot, I met David for the first time. David, do you remember that? I was actually with Miles. Yeah, I remember that. It was in the gorge. You were out there shooting flowers. That was so long ago. Um, Oh eight or oh nine. I can tell you right now. It was oh nine, and that was the time that Kevin. We all watched Kevin McNeil's tripod fly off Rowena Chris. (laughs) Yes, with 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 camera attached. Brand new five D. Yep. Mark two attached to it. Yep. How do you do that? Was he just like over next to the cliff? And that's what Kevin does. (laughs) There's no flowers over here. Ah! (laughs) And I think David, you went, you tried to go retrieve it. And I I remember admiring that and thinking, Oh, that that cat's pretty cool. He's going to go risk his life. And hopefully if, if we're all lucky, get some poison Oak (laughs) while he's trying to get that. Well, until I seen the, uh, you know, 200 foot clip that the uh, <laughs> tripod went flying off of. Yeah. Yeah, do, do you remember to get it down? We ended up having to throw rocks at it because yep. he, he didn't want the camera anymore. He wanted the card inside of yep. it. Oh, yeah. it had shots on it. So we had to throw rocks at it to get it to fall the rest of the way down the cliff onto the road below where we could recover it. Yeah, I love Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's not something that is a typical part of a photo trip is like you know okay let's throw rocks in my 5d <laughs> and try to get it to fall the rest of the way off the cliff yeah his his insurance company must just they must have him on speed dial <laughs> i want to say he had already went through a camera yeah, right before so. that that's as why well. i was so bummed out because <laughs> his insurance just replaced it with the one he just dropped off the cliff yeah. Oh man. I love Kevin McNeil. So I know. Much. I remember I met Rydie in, in 2009. He was, you know, he was the man around the Pacific Northwest. Was. And uh, yeah, definitely it was a, it was a past tense thing. And so I sent him a message on, that was back in the Flickr days. I sent him a message and, you know, professed that he was one of my three man crushes. And uh, <laughs> he's a distant third to Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds, but he, but he still oh, sits at number three. And, uh, and so I sent him a message and said, you know, Hey, could you give me some, some tips on shooting the white river? And he said, shoot up at, up at hood. Yeah. I'm up, up there tomorrow. Why don't you come up? So I went up and, uh, and met him there and, you know, it's kind of that awkward first date thing. And he's, he gets out of the car. He's, he's about 125 pounds, you know, five ten. I'm six, five, two forty. And, uh, I mean, we look like dumb and dumber out there trying to, and I was trying to snowshoe for the first time that when you're two forty and you're trying to snowshoe and you don't know what you're doing, there's a lot of, of getting stuck. And then, and then when your when your savior is 130 pounds trying to heave you out of the holes that you've made, nobody gets anywhere fast. So we missed a great sunrise. But uh, I had to admire the fact that he kept kept with me. So uh, we've been we've been friends ever since that day. <laughs> and, and, and the weight has reversed in, in, in the past ten years. So, so now it's Miles helping my fat ass out of everything. <laughs> and so you admired that particular sunrise from like. A nice seated position in some deep two, snow. Two post holes. And I'm not kidding. It was this beautiful, wonderful light. And I am I am up to my armpits in snow. <laughs> and I look up ahead about 40 feet. And Ryan is also up to his armpits in snow. And we're both just stuck watching the watching the glorious light go by. <laughs> but really, we bonded over. And I think all three of us bonded over the fact that we're all just big children. Yes. For the most part. I mean... Miles, especially Miles, is like three years old. Yeah, I prefer David, six. Hey, says David, says the guy that drinks chocolate milk every time we go to a restaurant. <laughs> I don't see the problem. <laughs> Neither do I, but the waitresses do. Miles, we're not even gonna get on the uh, numerous bathroom oh, breaks right, that you have to take during our trips. There's something about seeing David that makes my innards go go pitter patter. <laughs> 
so you guys have been shooting together for a long time now. Like, I imagine when you guys met, you were not all at the level that you are now, photography skill-wise. Were you guys, like, early adopters of, like, Flickr groups or anything like that? Where where did you guys start posting back then? It was Flickr. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was Flickr yeah, for me, too. Definitely Flickr, but... Honestly, uh, you know, it, it's not about social media. I'm the I'm the most inept social media person in the world. I don't have FaceTube. I don't tweak. I'm not on <laughs> Timber. I don't know how to, how to do any of those things. But it was definitely Flickr that started it. But I got to tell you, you know, Ryan has always been sort of the top of the heap. Uh, he's just such an artist. But David, man, I, I don't know where he came from, but it pisses me off every day. Because yep. in 2012, 13, David was was average at best, a great guy, super enthusiastic. And then all of a sudden I woke up one day and said, holy crap, David just smoked me and, and it's, and it's, I was gone. I mean, it has become so good that I don't even, I can't even touch it. It's embarrassing. That was the year he started outsourcing his, his editing. <laughs> oh man. I, 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 Miles, I just want to give you a big oh, fat baby. hug and give, kiss yeah, right I'm, now. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I'll expand on that a little bit, Nick. One of the things that I get when I shoot with Ryan and Miles is is the vibes. You just get good vibes. You're around good people. Mm -hmm. And if you ever get out there in the field with these guys, you notice little things that they do. And just just watching them in the field is just it's it's crazy. It's mind boggling. Perfect example is and Miles can you know expand on this as well. Ryan, I've said it for the longest time, is one of the smartest photographers out there. He's he's just in a Aww. in another world. <laughs> I shot with this kid and Ryan, you remember this story when we were shooting at uh, Rowena and the backside and we're literally, I don't know, two or three feet apart from each other. Ryan's like, hey. You know, how's your comp looking? I'm like, eh, it's so it's okay. It's okay at best, but I don't know. I'll try to make it work. And Ryan was like, Yeah, mine's not that great either. But you know, I'll shoot it, see what happens. Two weeks later, the kid sends me the file and was like, Yeah, I'm not really feeling this, but I don't know. You take a look at it, tell me what you think. The scene was so good <laughs> and so epic, I felt inadequate as a photographer, and I was just like, damn, this kid turn this scene into like magic but it wasn't with the processing it was the infield techniques and how he set up when he was shooting the wildflowers and the whole thing it was it was crazy yeah so many times it's like just the little things that you notice other people doing like it's not you know huge difference in the way that they shoot it's the, all those little things and they all kind of add up and everybody does something slightly differently and somebody that's got a lot of experience like orion dyer there's just so many of those little things that it adds up to a huge difference and, and even getting back to the point that david was making earlier about the vibes like when you shoot by yourself it's so easy to just kind of be like ho-hum about it and they're like uh, weather's not going to be good. I'm going to, you know, not try as hard or, or whatever. But when you're out with a group of like dudes who are really stoked, then it just stokes you, you know? So shooting with them is, it gets me more passionate about it, you know? And it just shooting with people who are really stoked to be shooting, it just rubs off, you know? Because there's always those mornings when like, if it, if you was 
just you by yourself, you might not even get out of bed to shoot that sunrise. Like, ah, it looks questionable. I don't really feel like it. But if there's a group of guys going out and you're like, well, I don't want to be the one that stays back in the hotel or whatever, it kind of forces you to go out. And then sometimes those questionable sunrises Mm -hmm. are the best that. And like, there's always those mornings where you just don't, you're not feeling it. Like you're not in the mood to do it. You're not, you know, you're oh, gassy or whatever. No. You just, does not the day the end mood. with why Nick and does the day end with why <laughs> kidding. And so it just helps to have like, even if you're not feeling it, one other person in the group that is, and they're like all into it, that rubs off on you. And suddenly you start well, saying, Oh, I guess this isn't too bad. You know, there's, some, yeah. there's something cool. What do you do with this scene? I know for me, it's, it, you know, I don't get a chance to shoot very much anymore. My, my, my uh, time shooting has become pretty severely limited, but one of the things about shooting with my buddies and, and I've become kind of picky about who I shoot with, not because and I want to be elitist, but just because that's kind of my opportunity to spend with Ryan and David is, is when we go shooting. But if I have my eyes open, I can learn so much from both these guys. And, and I'm talking about in the field, we do our Photoshop stuff, you know, after the fact, but just watching what they do, what they're looking for, how they scout. The first opportunity I really had to see how good some of these guys are. Ryan, Ryan was out with us. There was a group of about five of us and we went down to Silver Falls it was like the running of the bulls with four of us. We were running around trying to find a comp and that big, big oak tree down there with the <laughs> leaves. And we're all, you know, setting up, shooting, going crazy, just totally spazzing out. And Ryan's just sort of sitting in the background and he's not really doing much, just sort of, you know, hey, you guys go ahead. I'll, I'll shoot when you're done. And everybody's trying to jockey for their position. And finally, the four of us had our fill. We pack up. Ryan takes his camera, goes back about 20 feet, puts it down focuses, fires off three frames and says, I'm good. I thought, this, this kid, such an idiot. <laughs> and he gets home and he sends me the shot and I'm thinking, holy shit, that's the comp. And, and it's been copied by, by hundreds of people ever since. He, sa- he sat down for two seconds and I thought, you know, what is he seeing that I don't see? And by thinking about that and kind of trying to put myself in Ryan's brain, which is, <laughs> which is a very interesting place to spend time, by the way. Yes, it this is. It's a scary place. Uh, you can friend. really learn a lot. And I do that with David too. Uh, just this last week, flying drones around. And all of a sudden I see him, he, you know, he's, he's dropped the drone and he pulls out the bazooka long lens and starts shooting. And I kind of turn to see what he's looking at. I had completely missed this atmosphere that had just come over Mount Whitney. And I'm thinking, holy, I would never have even seen it, but he's always looking around. Here I am trying not to crash into a, you know, into a tree with my drone went ran out got my long lens shot it and got i think probably what's going to be my favorite shot of the trip i would have missed it totally if i weren't paying attention so i learned from him you know hey keep your peripheral vision going make sure you're looking around and seeing what's going on well that's the thing about david is he's so opportunistic that i mean he's just constantly paying attention and then i find myself whenever i'm shooting with him kind of looking over seeing what david's doing because he's probably onto whatever it is before i'll realize it and so i I mostly just do whatever he's doing <laughs> but I mean, I mean D- David goes to a place, and whatever the conditions are, he's he's normally getting something really good. You know, stuff that I wouldn't see because you know, I'm like, oh, this sucks. The light sucks. Whatever. You know, David just he's able to see stuff that that I don't see. Yeah, he's able to go in and and not go mm-hmm. in with preconceived ideas of what he's going to photograph. You're yeah. kind of like actually looking and actually observing uh, what's around you. For sure. Yeah, you know, another thing, Nick, is I keep my expectations super low. I don't 
go out expecting to get these epic images or you know i want this burning red sky or i'm gonna get this epic s curve comp i just go with the flow and whatever i get hey if it works awesome if it doesn't hey you know it is what it is but i always set the expectation super 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 low that leads to being a happy photographer because it's the people that are always like super let down and upset are the ones that are going out and they have that one chance to catch that one, you know, that great light with that iconic location and they didn't get what they came for and they get easily discouraged. And it's because they're going in with those preconceived notions and they're trying to force their own vision upon what's going to happen rather than letting their personal vision change given what happens, you know? Right. I just like to let the light dictate how I shoot again. You know, so many people get caught up with, Oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the scene super wide. They don't get the light, but yet there could be something else going on maybe below mm-hmm. your feet. You know, like miles was saying with the long lens, you know, way across the Valley or something like that. Let the light dictate how you shoot. That's one of the things I like about your photography, David, is like, I don't know if I'd call them abstracts, but like the texture shots and like the, you know, the forest shots that you get from uh, down south are just so awesome. And it's not nearly as light dependent as many photographers are shooting now where like we have this big wide scene and, you know, half of it is... Uh, taken up by sky and if that sky isn't isn't great they just slap a new one in and and try to save the shot but your photography is not nearly as light dependent much more on the details yeah i appreciate that um again you know i just i let the light dictate what i shoot that's it i mean i I try to keep it pretty simple and again i set the expectations low so that way if i don't get this epic light i can focus my efforts somewhere else i set my expectations low too and i substantially underperform every time (laughs) (laughs) me too but and that's also another thing is like you guys definitely experience this is when you're out shooting together even though like you've shot together a lot and you're very familiar with each other's styles and work you all see different things and we all see things so differently. And it's really interesting to shoot with other people that are like that because you can be totally focused on this one thing. And then you look over and there are people you're shooting with are shooting a completely different direction. You're like, what the hell are they doing? What's he even looking at? And then you see something amazing and interesting that they had picked up on. Yeah. That's, the, that is the benefit to shooting with a couple of world-class photographers because I, you know, I, that was what I was mentioning earlier. They, if I just watch those guys and, and it's great to, you know, to look at pictures after the fact. And, and I, you know, if anybody ever asked me, well, what, what do you do to, to become a better photographer when you don't get a chance to shoot much? I say, you know, I look at a lot of pictures. I, I spend a lot of time critically viewing other people's work to see what is it that I like? What is it that I don't like? And, and how did they get that? But it's a completely different story when you're out in the field with people that you like and that you trust and you know are talented because you can, you know, get, take it to another level of seeing, okay, not only are they going to get a good shot by facing the opposite direction that I'm facing, you know, how are they thinking about it and what's causing them to do that? And you can really go to school on it that way. Yeah. One of the things that I recommend to people is to try to find people to shoot with that are better than you are, because 
like back in my golfing days, we used to always say you're only as good as the people you play with. And it's true because if you're, you know, a photographer and you're shooting with a bunch of other photographers that are just starting and they're kind of under your particular skill level, they're not going to push you to uh, be better and, uh, and to look harder and you're not going to feel as pressured to you know, try to keep up with the Joneses in a way. And when you're shooting with other photographers that are better than you, when they're shooting something different, you pay attention because you know that they're probably getting something that you might not be. It's a, I don't know, it's really useful to be able to look over and have great respect for people and really pay attention and soak in what it is that they're doing at the moment. Yeah. I need to do that more often because I only realize how bad I'm screwing up until after we get home from a trip and, and I'll see these guys at shots be like, Oh, I thought I, I thought I had it down. I, I'm just over there, you know, merrily shooting away thinking that they're getting crap somewhere else. And then we get home and we kind of exchange files and say, Hey, can you check this out for me? And I just, I can't believe, especially for miles because he, he doesn't shoot as much as me and definitely not as much as David. David shoots way more than both of us. But when he does go out and shoot, he just kills it. Like, I, I don't know how a guy has, you know, such good chops with a camera who doesn't get to shoot a ton, you know? So I need to start paying attention to, to miles and David in the field more than, than I do. Yeah. Miles, when he goes out, he has an eye for composition and I'm blown away every time we get back from a trip. Cause he's like, yeah, I shot this and I don't know about it. And I'm like, damn, where the hell was I at? Where was I at? <laughs> yep. And I was looking at that same area, but didn't see anything remotely close to that. And Ryan is right. Considering how little mile shoots always kills it when he gets out there always. Yep. And that's just, you know, I mean, you can, you can learn as much about photography as, as you can, but that doesn't mean you're going to be amazing at it. You know, like guys like, like miles have, they don't have to put in as much work as a lot of the, a lot of other people to, to be good because he's just got it. You know, it's just in his blood. Uh, well, I mean, I can thank my dad for any any talent that I have, but uh, that's very kind and all. But I'm telling you, I'm getting substantially worse <laughs> as I go, and and that is one of the things. Boy, you really have to figure out if you're not going to be a full time pro, it, how much time are you going to dedicate it, and at what price? Because yeah. Uh, you know, I used to spend, a, I used to spend pretty much every free second when I wasn't flying, I was out shooting and that is really tough on your relationships on, mm-hmm. you know, on a lot of different parts of your life. And so to find a balance where, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm a better boyfriend now, uh, than I was, but I'm a substantially worse photographer and, and trying to find that balance has been really hard for me, especially when you see other guys that just get better and better and better. David being my prime, Mm -hmm. just source of frustration. I just watch him every day. He gets better. And I think, God dang, how, what happened? You know, I'd I'd be hard pressed to think of another photographer who in the past six years has made the progress David has made. Yeah, me too. Uh, I mean, I mean, he, he was a good shooter, but he's just gone next level. And I'm just sitting here, you know, on the sidelines going, dude, he, he just ran past me at some point. And- oh man, man kisses to both of you guys. Next time I see yeah. you, this yeah. is, this is becoming a real love oh. fest and I'm not comfortable at all. Uh, I am man. way happier when I'm insulting these two oh, man. back massages and foot rubs. <laughs> yeah. I was going into this thing thinking it was just going to be nothing but trash. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're on. As soon as I tell you, as soon as the mics come off, I'm going to call these two morons and let them rip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's so true, though. Like, it's not necessarily like riding a bike, you know, and, and you can get rusty with photography sure. because the act of going out and trying to find compositions and just seeing that's not something that's a skill that has to be honed. And it's something that you can really get good at, but it's also something that can get rusty after yeah, I mean, a while. Miles and I just recently, like, I don't know about miles. I know it's been a while since he's worked on a shot and it's, it's been a couple months since I've processed a photo and wow. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I just kind of lost, got, got out of the zone there for a little bit mm-hmm. on this trip. The three of us and, and Cody Wilson was there too. Hi, the, hello to Cody Wilson. Hi, Cody. Um, Hi, Cody. Cody. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, my processing has just gotten rusty. And Miles and I were talking about it. You know, we haven't worked in Photoshop for a couple of months now. And we're sitting here trying to, you know, figure it out. And not the mechanics of Photoshop, but how to approach an image. You just kind of, you lose a little bit of, of the, yeah. Yeah, we're just having a vision for an image. Like that's one of the, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's the thing that I struggle with a lot of times is that, you know, I look through my Lightroom catalog and I know there's a good photo in there somewhere, but I'm like, man, I just don't, I don't have that pre visualization that I sometimes have. Sometimes I see a photo and I look into that flat raw file and I'm like, I know what I'm going to do to that guy. (laughs) And other times I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe Majid will post process this for me. I'm I'm sitting on shots from last year in Norway that I know have potential to be awesome. And I just can't figure it out in my head how to, how to get back on my game. Yeah. It's just the inspiration. Inspiration is funny that way because, uh, you know, it comes and it goes. Sometimes you're like, you're just feeling inspired and you just want to, you know, drink a six pack and and process 15 photos. (laughs) And then other times you're like, I'll put it off till tomorrow. And then you just never do because you're just not feeling it. Hey, Nick, do you share, do you send your images to anybody? Because I I never, ever put an image out there until I've sent it to David and Ryan to, to tell me how bad it is and tell me what to fix. Yeah. So Majid Badazadigan and I, we're kind of the quality control for each other. (laughs) So sometimes I, I just get too ahead of myself and I post before, and then he'll send me a message being like, dude, you should have done this. (laughs) I'm like, shut up. It's already posted. (laughs) But, But yeah, it's important to have that like person that you respect their opinion and you know that they know what they're talking about and you know that, that their yeah. input is always good. Yeah. And I think just it's bounce it off of them. It's only beneficial too, though. If, if one, you trust the person's opinion. Absolutely. You know, like, like David and miles, I trust them and they know there's no hard feelings. If, if yeah. something doesn't work, you know, they're going to tell me and, and vice versa. If, if I'm not feeling something, you know, you'll just lay it out there and it, you don't have to, you know, walk the, the tightrope of, Oh, am I going to kind of bum them out here? But, you know, cause it's not like that. It's about, you know, mutually stepping each other's game up and, and making sure we're all seeing. Yeah, yeah, sure it is. I weep openly when Ryan criticizes my shots. I just do it after I get off the phone. I'm, I'm, I tell him, Oh yeah, cool, man. Thanks. And then I come, I just cry myself to, you know, over a cookie. And then, yeah, he pours himself a hot bath, puts on some Enya, exactly. lights some candles, and listens to some Enya. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's so true. Oh, but God. and that's the funny thing is like sometimes you can almost like go down this path where every photo you process, like you're feeling. But all of your peers are like, man, what are you doing? Like, the, <laughs> that's not your style at all. And you kind of go down this rat hole of like you're, you're feeling a particular style 
and then you look back on it a couple months later and you're like, yeah, I was, I don't know what was going on. I must've been going through some hard times because those <laughs> photos suck. And your friends notice that about your stuff and they can, they can actually call you out on it because, you know, as creative people, we all kind of go down some kind of strange rat holes sometimes I feel like for sure. So it would be a shame to have three professional photographers on and not talk a little bit about preferred gear. Cause I know everybody listening wants to know stuff like that. So what we're going to do is we're just going to go down the row and we'll say like preferred brand or whatever. So we'll start with you, David, what kind of tripod you got? Really right stuff. Nice. Miles. Oh, really right stuff, man. There's no, and I've shot with Joe Johnson, who owns the thing. I mean, what a gentleman. And uh, there's just no comparison. They're so passionate about their gear. They do such a good job. And Ryan? Really right stuff. Oh, so we're 100% really oh, yeah. right stuff. That's nice. Yeah. And since I switched, I'm just so oh, yeah. stoked. The Isn't best. it like the best investment that you could possibly yeah. have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, had, I've had my ball head for like 10 years now, like back when the BH55 like first came out. It, it's, it works flawlessly i mean it's it's dinged up for sure but i mean yeah what inspired me to finally switch to really right stuff was i had a a, i think it was a markins ball head and i got you know i had it for about three months and i went to the wave and i you know i had a pass to the wave with my buddy steve turner and in we went and i mean i'm so stoked to get out there and i mean this is what you've been waiting for get in there we hike in it's just nirvana for a photographer and i'm shooting away and my ball head goes limp. It, it won't, I can't tighten it. I've heard that about yeah, it. Yeah. It's my ball head went limp and everything starts to sag, which that happens with age, but it was a little faster than I had wanted and everything's sagging. And I'm sitting there going, Holy crap. The light's getting good. I can't shoot. I can't, you know, I can't do anything here because it was too dark to, to handhold. And I'm not smart enough to figure out that you could handhold anyway. And so Steve, thank God I was with Steve, who's a little older than I am. He came to the rescue and he said, dude, I got you. I, I got you. And he takes this thing out of his bag and he wraps it around, sort of jury rigs it around the ball head and kind of props my camera up. And I said, what is this? And he said, that's a, it's a diaper. <laughs> and I, 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 I was so thankful that he had it. I didn't want to ask until later why he was carrying a diaper out in the field. I mean, he, he is a little older, but you know, his person, and then I started to think, well, what if he really needs that diaper? Do I want to deprive him of that diaper at this exact moment? I mean, what, I got to ride in the car with him. So, that was the moment that I decided I'm, I'm going full, really right stuff. I'm getting, and, and that I've had that ball head now for oh, what? seven years never a problem mm. no. the first piece of really right stuff gear that i got was the l bracket and the l bracket was just so far and away better than anything i'd ever used before it kind of got me thinking like well maybe i should check out the other stuff and once you start using really right stuff you yeah, turn into a fanboy and you start yeah. buying all the little accessories and, well, and i mean even even down to like the the weave on the carbon fiber yeah. is is more aesthetically pleasing than any other carbon fiber legs yeah. i mean they really are works of art and flawlessly engineered yeah very cool okay so let's talk 
camera bodies. This is, oh, I know we're be, all going to be different you're gonna, here. Oh, it's going to be very diverse here for you, buddy. Oh, yeah. Here right. we go. Here we go. <laughs> the, Miles the big, is going to show his age. <laughs> the big build-up here. Let's go. All right. David, what you got? D850. Nikon Ooh, D850. Nice. nice. That's a good camera right there. Miles, how about you? A Canon Digital Rebel. Wait, that, was, <laughs> that was 2009. No, I got the D850 and um, never. It's. I shot this last week with it and it was God, why do I keep telling stories? I, I apologize, but it was, it was two in the morning. Ryan is sleeping away in a hotel and I've got my Jeep with a tent top on it. I'm thinking tough this, I'll tough this crap out. I'm, I'm the man. It might be cold, but I'm the man. Yeah. I'm the man. All right. It, the, the wind was blowing about 45 miles an hour. I had moderate turbulence in my tent and the, the Jeep was rock. I thought the Jeep was going to flip over. I didn't sleep for one second. So I figured, well, I'll get out and shoot stars. I'm not, I mean, I'm not doing anything. So three 30 in the morning, I'm out there shooting stars ISO 128, 12,800 clean files at 46 megapixels. Unbelievable camera. That's awesome. How about you, Ryan? D850. Told you. So oh, I'm God. I'm the only um 5D Mark IV. Oh jeez. Um, Hang on. How do I how do I exit out of this podcast? All right. So favorite lens, David. Ooh, you got me on that one. Um. I think I'm going to have to go with the... Do it. Do it. Do the bazooka. Do it. No, don't do it. Do, ah. do it. You know you want as, to. As much as <laughs> I want to so go good. with the bazooka, I got to go with the Nikon 70-200 F4. Um, I've made some images with that lens that I don't think that I probably could have not made with another lens, but it's... It's kind of like that lens where you just kind of like, you know what? Let me just try it. Let me see what happens. And I end up breaking that lens out and I'm like, okay, here we go. That lens is sharp at all F-stops. The whole focal range is, it's, it's butter. You don't really hear much about the 70 to 200 F4 on the Nikon side. No. You hear a lot about it on the Canon side, but yeah. not so much on the Nikon side. It's clean. It's clean. You know, and, and that was a tough one. Miles was right. I love the bazooka, uh, which is the, I call the Nikon 200 to 500, the bazooka, because it's like mm -hmm. a big, huge gun. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I got to go with the 70 to 200. Oh, God, I sound like a, such a loser, but well, you are, uh, it is what it is. You are a loser. <laughs> That's true, though. And like, if you look at your portfolio, I would say a large part of it is taken with those long, longer focal lengths. Yeah. So, totally makes sense. Have fun with your internet scenes, nerd. God. <laughs> How about you, Miles? Um, a 14 to 24 only because I can't see anything other than what my eyes see. I, I have no talent whatsoever for, you know, the, the longer focal range and the intimate abstract. So 14, 24. Okay. Ryan. Um, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit different here. I'm not going to go current favorite lens. I'm going to go favorite lens I've ever used. Lens baby. <laughs> I'm going to go Canon 16 to 35. Uh, 2.8 L2. Damn. That was a good one. L2. Well, L2. you need you yeah. need L3, buddy, because they, no, no. No, the, the L2 was 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 the workhorse for so many the years. Sunstar and the sun, so good. The Sunstar on that lens. Well, I I'll tell you though, the Sunstar is improved with the Mark III. Really? I've got oh, the okay. I've got the Mark III f2.8 16:35, and the Sunstar is the the blades are not as long. It's like, but it's just more defined and. Uh, a nice, nice mm. sun star on that lens. Kind of getting a little turned on, if I'm honest. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's getting hot here talking about Sunstars. Uh, I'm going to auction off my friendship with Miles so I can buy a cannon. <laughs> oh, let's see. What, what other... We can all agree we're super pumped on yeah. drones right oh, now. I'm droning okay. like crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Droning all over the place. Yeah. All right, David, yeah. what, what drone you got? Um, I have the Phantom 4 Advance. Um, I wasn't the cool guy like ryan and miles with the uh what is that the obsidian black or gray or whatever that is it's so sick yeah yeah listen to ryan over here ryan's got the obsidian phantom 4 pro and he ordered the extra batteries and they're white (laughs) he looks like a freaking skunk out there flying around (laughs) that's my swag points right there oh god that's funny What drone do you have, Miles? Uh, Phantom 4 Pro uh, with the Obsidian and the correct batteries. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan, you got the Obsidian Pro with the white batteries. And, and also the Mavic as a backup. Yeah, I got the Mavic right. too. I decided last last year in Iceland, when I ran into Unic, my drone didn't work that entire trip. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, something wonky happened with the firmware due to you know, crappy Icelandic internet connection when I was upgrading. Yeah. Well, not to mention it was like windy as hell almost every day. I don't know how many opportunities you would have had. So I I had the Mavic Pro for a long time. I just sold it yesterday. Really? And and I got the Mavic Air coming. Mostly because like I don't do a lot of stills. Most of the drone stuff I do is just for videos. And I had a Phantom 4. The problem I always had is that I never had the damn thing with me because it was just too big. It's big, And packing that anywhere is just a pain. So that's why I decided to keep the Mavic when I got the Phantom last month because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring the Phantom to Africa. I'm not gonna bring the Phantom to Norway. It's just it's it's too much. So I'll I'll still bring the Mavic. I mean, just slides in my camera bag next to my camera. The best drone is the one that you have on you, and that's that was my thinking with that. And I'm sure I'm gonna when that phantom 5 pro comes out i'm going to start drooling and thinking about image quality and penga pixels all we need is a mavic with the phantom sensor um yeah with the yep. phantom sensor that, that's it I'd, I'd be happy for five years yep. with it. yeah that's true i'll probably be selling the mavic air <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem with drones is that like the technology changes so fast by the time you invest it's time to sell it you know you got to keep up with the joneses yeah, I mean, or else you have just a you know a hundred dollar chunk of plastic sitting on the yeah, shelf every year or two there you know what you have is obsolete yeah well we were we Absolutely. bought both ryan and i just bought the the phantom four for this trip and got out there and i told him on day two that there was a big announcement coming from dji we we were worried that it was going to be the mavic with the phantom camera and both <laughs> of us are thinking oh, that was that's super that's just great just bought it and we're gonna have to return it <laughs> it's already it's- obsolete it's the way it works with the fast changing technology. So speaking of fast hit changing technology, there's not a single Sony shooter in the group. So what is it that keeps you guys shooting Nikon rather than going over to Sony? How about you, David? For me, I'm not completely sold on the mirrorless technology just yet. I feel that it still has some some minor things that I would like to see improve, like with that whole electronic curtain. It's kind of slow, especially for the long, big Tele lens stuff, faster curtain definitely would uh, would help out there. I, I'm sure there's people out there that are going to you know dispute that with me and whatever else, but it's all good. The other thing is the the weatherproofing yeah. is just not there, and you know I that's something I need. I need the weatherproofing. You know, perfect example is you know last spring when I'm out there on the dunes and you know it's like sand blowing all over the place oh yeah you were actually out there too nick weren't you yeah i did i missed the sandstorm by like a day though well 
that right there I, i'm not sure how many camera bodies could have actually handled that and not gotten beat up you know so <laughs> for me it's the the weatherproofing and you know i just need something you know that's going to be durable and can handle all the conditions that i shoot yeah. And Ryan, I'm sure you see this on your workshops as well, but like when I go to Iceland and we're shooting in super wet conditions, it's always the Sony guys that drop out first. <laughs> Absolutely. And I've, I've shot Sony for like a year at an A7R, like four or four years ago, probably. Yeah. I mean, the weatherproofing wasn't awesome. And, you know, it, like David was saying, the, the electronic curtain's a little slow. The big thing for me was battery life. Like mm -hmm. you just burn through the batteries on that thing so quick, you know, with the electronic viewfinder and it being mirrorless. I mean, you're con anytime the camera's on, you're pretty much running a viewfinder. Yeah. Apparently so that's I mean, been that fixed with the, the A7R3, but the weather okay. ceiling hasn't. So yeah, it shows you how up to date with <clears throat> technology. I am. Yeah. And miles, you're just a fan of technology all the way around. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, I have no, why do I shoot Nikon? I have no idea. Actually, I, I do know why, because I remember I was a Canon guy and when the D 800 came out and Ooh. I got my hands on a file and I took shadow slider to a hundred and I bought one that day. I, <laughs> that was all you needed to see. Yep. Hey Nick, I'll, uh, I'll add on to that story. Cause I remember, um, you remember miles. It was on yep. that, um, the Rainier trip. Yep. And I remember miles and I had got the what was that the mark three the canon mark three we yep. literally got it on the same day we're all hyped up we're all happy nikon announces a d800 miles goes and sells his d800 i keep my mark three we go to rainier miles shoots the ice cave and was like oh man you know it was so dark in there i don't know if i got anything blah 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 so we get back from the trip miles goes in there processes the images lifts the shadows to 100 and is like losing his shit. <laughs> D, oh my god oh my god oh you gotta see this you got it i'm like yeah. what is this guy yeah. talking about i go in there we sit down at his desk and he goes watch this shit. slides the shadow slider to 100 and like it was like we just seen jesus christ <laughs> and it was insane so at that point i think maybe a month or two after that, I sold my Mark III as well and ended up going switching to Nikon. The dynamic range of those sensors is still just so much. And yeah. D850 is a step further in that direction. And I would be lying if I didn't confess a little bit of jealousy about the sensors that you guys are toting around. Listen, I'll make you feel a little bit better, though, because if you go out and shoot the lava, the cannon blows the Nikon away. Yep. And Bruce, Bruce Amore right now is he's laughing to hear me say that, but mm -hmm. the, the, the live view on the Nikon sucks. The yeah. reds get weird. They don't look right. The yellows don't look right. It's the colors are terrible. So there, there, there you're welcome. There's a little, <laughs> there's a little bone. Yeah. Next time I go shoot the lava, like for real, I'm going to yep. rent a cannon to bring really? I'll, 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 I'll yep. just, just because of the, the colors, the way it's handling yeah, color. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not comparable. Wow. At all. I mean, the, the, the Canon just handles the, the red channel so much better and, and keeps the detail without blowing it out or turning it yellow. Or That's crazy. Yeah, that was one of the things that I really liked about Canon was the color reproduction on those files were, were yeah. awesome. It's like yeah. what you see Which was in nice the live and view or on the right or, you know, what your file popped up once you took that image. What you see is exactly what you were going to get. One of the things I do like about the 5D Mark IV is that when I'm setting up a focus stack, the touch to focus and, and to take the shot is so nice. And I think that you have that now on the DA50. You can just sit yep. there and boop, 
focus on the foreground, tap, tap a little further in, you can just move it. That's such a fast way of going through a focus stack. Well, not only that, but the, the D850, not to rub it in, Nick, but uh, the D850 will do an auto focus stack for you. Yeah, I heard about that. No, no big Trick. deal. No big deal. I'm just, as a matter of <laughs> fact, as we sit here, I'm processing a shot uh, that that I had to do that with. But it's not a, no, don't, don't worry about it. It'll be fine with your Canon. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a new camera in another four years or five years whenever they update again. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, but let's start with you, David. Where can people see more of your photography and what you got going on? I'm all over the place. Facebook. Instagram, David Thompson Photography on Instagram and David Thompson Photography.com is my website. Search for me on Facebook, David Thompson. Hey, I don't really have anything to promote, but if you want to see some uh some different stuff, just uh just look for me, David Thompson Photography. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. David Miles, where can people find your stuff? Uh not very much stuff anywhere, but just go to Ryan's stuff and and then pretend it's mine. That's that's usually what I do. Um but <laughs> I am on Instagram. Uh, I think it's Miles Morgan Photography, and I post about once a month if I can remember to do it. And then I got a you know a website, MilesMorganPhotography.com. Nice. And Ryan, where where can people keep up with you? Uh, it's pretty much everywhere. It's at Ryan Dyer, uh, RyanDyer.com. Uh, but go go look at MilesMorganPhotography.com and and David you can see that I ripped off everything he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> go look at their stuff because you know. You'll, you'll be disappointed if you start with mine. So. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we'll see you guys uh, in another episode next week. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Thanks man. Peace.